this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk about not deciding too quickly if something is good or bad. You're going to need that for this episode. <laughs> Leave it. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hello. And our uh, resident, I don't know, res- resident's not the word, uh, <laughs> our, our president guest, uh, <laughs> <President>. <laughs> Michael Phelps. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It, yeah, it's Thanks the one you up. think it is. It's the one you think it is, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I have become president of just everything in general. Excellent. Well, I love, love to ask this question at the beginning of every single one of these shows. Um, and you've seen me on a lot of smoke breaks. So you know what I'm about to ask. What are you excited for? Oh, Zane, Amanda, uh, what I'm excited for is this week my band is playing uh, a show at Jaja PDX on Saturday the 26th. Awesome. So I'm excited for that. Folks oh. listening, come on out. It's only 10 bucks. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Some dope bands are playing, some visual performances. What's, uh, what kind of music do you do so that way they know what they're getting into? Um, our band, we're called The Quality, and we do like kind of indie punk alternative. Okay. Um, it's always hard to classify. I know. As soon as it's I ask, rock music. I was yeah. going to say, as soon as I asked that question, I realized like how hard it is. Like, what kind of hip hop do you do? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, how do I say what I, I what I think I sound like, but not what I would want people to be like? Atmosphere. Um, just, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're, uh, yeah, you're doing a uh, you're doing a show that's on the 26th. Yes. Um, is this like one of your first live performances in a while? Is this uh, on uh, top of many? Have you done perform with this band before? Uh, yeah, we've been we've been playing for a long time obviously that covid shut us down for a while but uh we've played a couple shows since things opened back up the last one was last month so we're trying to get like monthly bookings get things rolling again excellent no that's awesome and being able to uh, work with a band how what is that as far as like uh just group dynamic and stuff like that do you find it easy to kind of direct and and well, we've the guys I'm working with, we've been working together for like years. So we've got pretty good musical chemistry okay. to the point where like the songwriting process is pretty much like myself or one other guy comes in with like a vague idea and we just sort of like jam on it, flesh it out and then eventually like pound out the details and are yeah. like, Hey, we got a song here. This is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you like the kind of the primary songwriter? Um, I mean, I, I write pretty much all the lyrics because lyrics? Okay. I'm the singer. Um, but I'd say like our songs come together pretty collaboratively. Like I'll come in with like a riff or a chord progression and then mm-hmm. we'll mess around with that. And, uh, then eventually like just get somewhere that it's, Hey, this is a song. We're okay. good. Yeah. And, uh, like as far as like your lyrical content, what's, uh, what would you say that would, how would you describe that? Well, Zane, it uh, falls into, I think, one of the topics we're going to talk about today, because the current the current thing that we're working on, like as far as building an album, we're trying to do a loose concept album about uh, a guy who becomes homeless and sort of his experience uh, in that world. Interesting. Sure. Wow. That's actually that's really that's really interesting that you bring that up. Uh, what's what's kind of your background with that? 
Um, well, I work in homeless services, doing like outreach on the streets and getting people connected to the services and into housing, um, getting mental health support mm -hmm. and drug treatment and uh, just overall, you know, trying to give people the opportunity to get back on their feet and become yeah. a, you know, a full part of society again. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate the work that you do in that. And that's uh, a lot of the reason why I asked Amanda to reach out to you is because I really, I appreciate the work that you do just in the mental health field and the amount of compassion that it takes to, to work with people that I guess a lot of society has just kind of given up on. So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that work that you do. And I am excited to uh, talk a little bit more about that later. But right now, I have to ask the question, mm. Amanda Lynn Deal, what are you excited for? Um, I'm excited for just getting more um, opportunities and doing more stuff in comedy and like getting busier again. Um, yeah, I'm excited to host and produce more stuff, even though it can be a lot of work and kind of exhausting and I don't really have a day off because I'm usually on my phone trying to coordinate everything but it is something that I was really looking forward to in 2020 and things seemed that they, they were going to go in that direction and then of course you know that didn't work out yeah. Uh, so it's yeah it's just nice to kind of get the ball rolling on that and and feel like I'm you know making progress and going in the direction that I wanted to two years ago so uh, what would you say that delayed gratification has, has done for you? Um, I definitely wanted all those things in 2020. I don't think I was necessarily ready. And then when everything mm -hmm. shut down, like the amount of relief that it was for me to just not have to do that and not have to go out and grind and all that stuff. Like I really needed that time off, but I wouldn't have taken it unless the whole world shut down. Yeah. So I think that was really important. And then there was a time where I was scared to go back out because I took such a long break. But just knowing we kind of all were on the same like playing field, we all were starting yeah. basically. Well, I mean, kind of know. at zero, not really, but we all, you know, we're getting me back and out Michael, there. Me and Michael were holding it down at Masquerade. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were behind, but we were, we were staying sharp. <laughs> the outdoor shows, mm -hmm. freezing cold yep. <laughs> on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wondering why am I here? You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I was not like super excited to go back to open mics and stuff too. So I guess like it, there was a little bit of a hesitation when things were first coming back. And now I feel like it's, I'm more ready and grateful for it. And I think like audiences and comedians are more like excited about it in general. It's like less yeah. of a burnout vibe. People want to go to shows. People want to perform. People are happy to do it. Yeah. So. Well, and there's yeah. just, there's, there's that, there's, I feel like there's a little bit less fear now as to where before people, I feel like also wanted to go do those things, but there was always like that guilt that kind of came with, uh, with with going out and doing that and being like hey this is really fun but like am i part of the problem <laughs> yeah during covid and shit yeah so i mean i think that you know being able to have like these masks off and stuff is is really going away a long ways towards us being able to go to events or you know commit to going to an event and not being like is this making things worse you know? mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah. Well, no. I'm glad that uh, that you're you're being able to appreciate some of these new, um, you know, these these newer opportunities that you feel like you're actually ready for now. You yeah. Because I, I feel like there's a lot of times that we want things, and just because we want, just because it's something that we want at the time, that doesn't mean it's necessarily something that we're ready for. Cause I, I definitely yeah. can relate with that where it's, I've had opportunities and because I wasn't mentally in a space where, um, you know, I, I knew how to, how to handle doing more work because that's mm -hmm. the thing is that you are doing more work, you know, oh, yeah. is that you, 
you want these things, but you don't realize that like, once you have these things that, that you don't like, I wanted to release this EP. I released this EP and I've been doing nothing but like either promoting it, trying to make music videos, trying to make new music. It's like, I didn't get less work once I finally did the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. I got more work. Mm. So, um, it's just, you know, being able to be ready is, I, I, you feel like there's something that's worked out like that for you, Michael, where you, you didn't get it exactly when you wanted it, but you got it when you needed it, I guess. Uh, no, I always get everything right, right when I need yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm glad everything works out for you. Just coming, <laughs> up, coming up, Michael. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. Being able to like travel more, too, because I couldn't do that during COVID. So I got to go to Chicago. I'm going to go yeah. to New York in the summer for the first time. I'm excited wow. about that. So, yeah. New York? Yeah. The Big excited. Apple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm what? stoked. Yeah, that's super dope. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you excited for, Zane? Oh, who, me? Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right, what am I excited for? Um, honestly, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to working on some new music. Uh, I got some new music that I'm I'm working on getting recorded. I just showed Amanda. That's true. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got some new music I'm working on. Oh, I just signed up with a, a managing company. So that'll Hell yeah. Be, Hell yeah. Yeah, that'll be a, an expense that I can't afford. But I'll keep, <laughs> keep trying to be like... How do I, how do I find this money? Um, but yeah, hopefully that'll, that'll help take some of the, um, just stress. Cause it's like, I, I enjoy being able to do more things, but I feel like I'm not paying attention to my mental health the way I need to, because, uh, you know, it's, it's easy, just easy to get exhausted. There's so much to do and there's always something to do that. Like, if you're not doing something, you feel bad. You're not doing something. Mm-hmm. If you're doing right. something, you feel exhausted. And it's like, if you don't ever take a fucking minute to yourself to be like, all right, cool i've done enough today Mm -hmm. you know like somebody brought up spoons have you heard that like when somebody when they refer to like i don't have enough spoons for that no i've never heard of that it's it's, yeah yeah i've heard i've heard that yeah metaphor it's it's an old white lady spiritual thing my mom said it uh (laughs) but it's basically you know she was just like you know do you have enough spoons for that and it's basically just you know saying that like if going out of the house takes three spoons and you only mm. have seven, then like going out of the house and doing comedy, you know, and comedy's too, you know, you have to be able to do the math and be like, Hey, is this taking too mm. much out of me? Yeah. And I was like, I have infinite spoons, you know, which is like a pretty lame superpower. Right? <laughs> like infinite knives <laughs> would have been way better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, I guess I'm excited. I'm excited to do more, but I'm excited to take more time for myself. Um, I'm excited to try and patch some, some relationships um just because that's that's something that you know i it's it's a lot of it just falls to the wayside when you get busy man yeah like, and it's it's unfortunate do you, have you ever had like any experience with that where you're just like go 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 and- oh all the all the time mm-hmm. yeah i am constantly running on sports <laughs> yeah. sports <laughs> like, I- stabby forks or stabby spoons i guess <laughs> I don't know if I've had a spoon in years. I'm just like, I used to have one reusable sport. That's what I use for everything. Uh, um, what, uh, what, what do you do to, to kind of take time to yourself um, when, when you catch yourself doing that? Um, I mean, I, I naps are good. Yeah. It's it, like I do a thing that's sort of somewhere between meditating and napping. Uh-huh. Uh Sometimes it turns into a full-blown nap, but just, you know, laying down and, like, really focusing on my breath and trying to, you know, just let thoughts pass by, Mm. which 
I think is how meditation yeah, works. Totally. But, yeah. Because I do it laying down, I often just fall asleep. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's good too. I was yeah, going totally. to say, I was going to say is, yeah, that's the worst case scenario. You get rest. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tried to relax and I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I took a power nap yesterday. It was great. I was just tired yeah. after work. Knew I was going to go out and I was like, all right, I'm just going to lay here. It was only like 30 minutes. Kind of just closed my eyes. I don't think I actually slept, but it was enough to like shut my brain off a little bit. Mm, or like yeah. Turn the gear down a little. Yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Well, uh, I had, I had done like a mental health conference and I woke up at like fucking five in the morning to drive there. And then, um, I had done it, like I performed and then I fucking drove back and, but like at the conference, they were just saying, they were talking about like celebrating yourself and that mm. was something that like I never fucking do. You know, I'm always just like, well, I got to get to the next thing. And it's just yeah. like, what about the last thing that you said that you wanted? Have you been like, Hey, I'm grateful for this. Yeah, you know? I did it. Mm. I did it. Cool. And they were talking about just uh, like napping. And I was like, man, like that's that's something that we feel so guilty doing. You know, it's like, well, it's not even full sleep and it's just in the middle of the day. Like I must be lazy because I'm doing this. And it's like, no, you fucking you've done enough in your day to like you should be you should feel good about relaxing, you know, yeah, recharge you your battery better. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel guilty about doing something that, that relaxes you, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to catch myself guilt tripping myself if I want to lay down and take a nap and yeah. it's sunny outside. Mm. If it's like yeah. gray and rainy, I'm like, this is a great day for a yeah, nap. But totally. if the sun's out, I'm like, I am wasting my life yeah, and right. you are a terrible person for doing it. And the sun is angry at you. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard when it's not like sunny here all the time. So I definitely feel more guilty if I stay in or I'm like have a day to myself on a sunny day. I'm like, fuck, I should probably go out. But yeah. I feel you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely I think just the, the just being able to do that self-care, that self-care is going to just be super important. Just it's it's something that be, I became more aware of when COVID hit where it was like, oh, like I'm with me all the time. So I have to take care of me. You know, yeah, but yeah. it's trying to figure out like in what capacity that that is. Is that doing the things that you want to do, or is that doing the things that you may not necessarily want to do, but like need to do? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, excellent. So, uh, we're gonna have a, a amazing episode. I'm super looking forward to it. But yeah. we're gonna take a real quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the smoke break. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen video game music every Sunday, 3 p.m. We are back with the smoke break. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hi, friends. And comedian Michael Phelps. Hey. Excellent. So uh, something I wanted to talk about was a video I'd come across last night, and it was in regards to uh, basically a Chinese farmer. And the Chinese farmer uh, had his horse run away, and the entire town came up to him and were just like, oh my God, that's so terrible. And he was like, well, maybe. And... The next day, seven horses showed up and a whole town came up and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And he was like, oh, maybe. And the next day, his son was taking out one of the horses, fell, broke his leg. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is so terrible. And he's like, ah, maybe. And the following day, the uh, army showed up and they were looking for people to recruit. They came across his son and they weren't able to take him because his leg was broken. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is so amazing. He's like, maybe. 
And the idea is basically that we don't really know how good or bad something is because mm-hmm. it's we're usually too close to be able to judge it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of opportunities have come out of a lot of problems. Um, somebody said to me recently that, you know, every every problem has the potential for an equally powerful, um, you know, an opposite solution. And I... I don't know. I, I really connected with that just because I, I think that when I think of a problem, I just only think of it as a problem, not as the, you know, potential to solve maybe another problem. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the, the first question I wanted to ask, Michael, is uh, have you had anything recently or just maybe even over your life where you've kind of been able to attribute like, oh, man, like this didn't work out. But because it didn't work out, this was able to. Uh, yeah. Thinking off the top of my head, I. Late last year had interviewed for this really dope job that I like really wanted um, at a community radio station and did I absolutely shit the bed during the interview <laughs> and uh, did not get the job. Like they asked me, what are the questions of what tools would you use to communicate with your staff? And I was like, I was so stupid just thinking like, like what communication stuff? I was like, well, I would be assertive. And so I basically said I I would talk to them, (laughs) even though I like know that they use a Slack channel and like I could have said all the right things. I totally bombed the interview, didn't get the job and was super bummed out about it. But then a few months later, the company I work for uh, offered me a promotion, which I recently took and, uh, you know, which was significantly more money than the job I had interviewed for yeah. and you know lets me continue helping the community yeah wow no that's that's I don't know what's uh what's what's something that I guess you're you're able like what helps you I guess make that connection that like all right this was a positive does it is it time that makes it is it something that you're able to even see it in the in the moment and be like okay this is a good thing or is it does it take time to I guess really be able to judge I think it, it for me it probably takes a little bit of time yeah. uh, or it, just like shifting my perspective on something and mm-hmm. not being uh, overwhelmed or overrun by my emotional response and just trying to recognize in the moment like okay I'm experiencing these emotions but they're not going to last forever and yeah. just let them like roll over and wash away and eventually you know things will be okay again. Right, right. Well, it sounds like you you kind of use those meditative, you know, like letting letting emotions pass because I feel like a lot of times I connect to emotions like because I feel angry. I'm like, uh, because I feel angry in a moment, I I take that with me. You know, like one of the something that I had seen one time was like, did you have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes that you made last the whole day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and off of my wall. Uh, <laughs> and it, but it was it was one of those things that I very much like I have to take my emotions out of it initially. Otherwise, um you know, just the, what it is object, is it objectively, subjectively, what it is, what it, what it appears to be is my going to be my initial reaction of what it is. You know, I'm like, this is bad. This is fucking shit. You know? Yeah. And that carrying it with you for the rest of the day is super real. Uh, yeah. That's something I've been trying 
to be better about is just, hey, you got to let it go and mm-hmm. move on with your life because yeah. it's short and it's all just a series of moments. Yeah. yeah 100%. If you let this bad moment continue through, then it's like, hey, you're making a choice to feel like shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's that's something that I, I definitely think a lot, too, is just like the way that we choose our emotions. Because it's like for me, when I get angry at something, I think that. Like there's that first initial like, man, that was annoying, you know, and then it's me continuing to think on it. That's allowing me to get more angry. Like you kind of have to like stew about something to get about to get as mad about it as you want to. Yeah. Like there's those things that are like super flash, like, boom, I'm instantly pissed. But a lot of stuff you kind of have to fucking be like, God damn it. Fuck you. No, fuck you. You know, mm-hmm. and you like you hi- like I catch myself hyping myself up so often where it's. I, I realized that had I just taken a second to to not attach to that emotion and be like, you know what, maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe it was this, you know, had I tried to rationalize it, I guess, a little bit more then it wouldn't have been something I took with me the whole day. Yeah. What, what is your experience with anger? Is it? Um, well, I know there's definitely like I used to be a lot more go with the flow kind of person and just kind of when something didn't work, just let it be. Um, and then maybe just getting older, you kind of attached to things more and get upset about it but I'm like seeing that again where like it's to not dwell on stuff um because I definitely feel anger in the moment but like taking a minute to you know breathe and not not like identify with it or not like lash out on that person and just let it let it kind of exist but not have it be something that I have to like identify with or that I take out on someone else I know that when I lived in my school bus my plan was to you know like drive down to LA and live on the beach and, you know, do comedy there. Like just be a fucking bum and not Mm -hmm. like have to have a real job, just do some kind of like service job in between. And then it broke down here in Vancouver when I was um, visiting my sister for her 21st birthday. And I was fucking pissed because I had to get a job and like live on my mom's couch. And I just felt like a fucking loser. And at the time I couldn't see that it was a good thing because now I've been in Portland. I just haven't left, you know, for five years and I love the community here. So some things definitely take time, but I'm starting to learn that like, that past self that would just laugh or let things go in the moment. I was so much happier when I did that than Mm -hmm. to just hold on and be like, it fucking sucks. My Mm -hmm. life is shit. I'm a loser. Just be like, bro, let's see where this goes. Fucking relax. You know, it's much easier to do that. And working with kids at the preschool, a lot of teachers kind of like get stressed out and they carry that and it's like, can be contagious, but to just laugh and be like, they're kids. They're going to, you know, do Mm -hmm. weird shit. They're going to shit their pants. They're going to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of funny if you just let it be instead of be like, God, these kids are not listening. I'm like, yeah, they're children. They're going to be monsters. You know, let them be. I feel like once, if you can, if you can go into everything and say like, you know, okay, the kids aren't listening. If you go into it with the idea that it can be a learning experience, then every every single one of those moments is it's it's an opportunity, you know, yeah. it's 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 an opportunity. Whereas, you know, otherwise it could just be an annoyance. You could be like, oh, well, this this they're not doing what I need them to do. It's like, yeah, that's true. But like you can also give them a, an opportunity to be like, hey, this is why I need you to do this. And that can explain reinforce it, yeah. it, explain it. It can reinforce it. So that way it's something, a connection that they'll always make instead of in just that one moment when you're like, do this, you know, and then. Yeah. Even just like kids hitting and acting like monsters to like sit down with them and just be like, why, why, why are we doing that? Cause they weren't listening. 
well, do you like when people hit you? And like, no, it's like, well, then, you know, it's not okay to hit. Just like to explain it in a way where instead of being like, stop hitting people. God, you're being, you know, you're not listening. You're being a monster. It's like, mm. why are you doing that? They're frustrated. Yeah. Okay. But they don't like when people get frustrated and hit them. So it's like, you got to treat people how you want to be treated. Like explaining that to kids. Like mm. if you don't want people to hit you, don't run around hitting people. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the best, like sort of catchphrase, psychology things that I've heard is you can't you cannot control your emotions but you can control how you react yeah. to your emotions yeah. I'd also like to acknowledge how casually Amanda dropped in the sentence when I was living in my school bus oh yeah <laughs> I don't know if you knew that I used to live in a school bus did you I know mean, that I, I know that yeah. but it's, oh, yeah. it was on the listeners yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I used to live in a school bus <laughs> she just drops it so like when I was living in my school bus <laughs> It was fun. I was like, freedom, but then it's a lot of responsibility, too. So uh, if it breaks down or if it gets towed, they just took your whole fucking house. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they can't tow you if you're in it. That's kidnapping. So a loophole. <laughs> and it's a school bus, so it looks even worse. I appreciate that both of you guys are able to see where the good can come from. Mm-hmm just each of those situations and like just the importance of even framing things in the, in the right way, because yeah, you cannot control like what happens to you or that things happen. It's mm -hmm. literally just your reaction to it, which kind of sucks because then it's like, Oh wait, you're putting this on me. Like now I have to, to take responsibility for my own right. feelings. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, come on. That's, uh, it's not fair. Um, <laughs> But I, I think that that's an important thing to, to kind of have a grasp on because I, I don't know, I, as somebody who gets angry and gets angry and that's the thing about anger is like, it feels good in the moment, but the second that you're done being like, fuck you, you just told somebody, fuck you. And now you have to deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so you get all inflated up and feel really powerful and mm -hmm. then it goes away and then you're deflated and yeah. feel like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, I already felt like an idiot before. Now I'm an <laughs> idiot who said something stupid. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> now I feel way worse off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I, um, I don't know. What about you, Zane? Do you have something that, you know, things that fell, things that fell apart so they could fall, fell in place? Fell apart huh? to fall in place. That's well, uh, the name of one of his songs. Yep, Wink in the camera. I've, uh, I've upset somebody close to me. I've gotten a cool song out of oh it. So, I'm <laughs> uh, pretty grateful for that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I guess it's... It takes situations kind of like that, you know, because there is that that song that like I wrote, had written about our, our you know relationship. And it's like at the, the time when, you know, when we broke up, I was like, this is the fucking worst, you know. And it's like now that like we don't have that relationship, I still have a pretty dope song. Yeah. You know? and, and we're it's friends. Like, and it, it's, it, yeah. yeah, we're friends. And that's awesome. So it's like the in the moment I could be like, oh, man, you know, like fucking I, I don't have anything. And it's like there's there's no no nothing good that could come out of this breakup. You know, but to, to, in hindsight, have something that I can say, all right, well, yeah, I had a really great time and I have a fucking super dope song. Like I, I didn't come out of this with nothing. It sounds like you need to go out and do some really fucked up shit so you can write another EP. <laughs> more meth, more meth, more meth. <laughs> well, it's nice too. Cause I think like, um, I'm friends with all my exes and I think it's nice because sometimes in relationships, you're not really in a place where you can work, like work on yourself. Cause you're trying to make this relationship work or you're trying to help each other something that's like might mean well, but it's not actually 
help like healthier helpful for the individuals Mm -hmm. sort of like take that time apart and like actually work on yourselves and come back and be like oh okay we can also be friends now because we still care about each other and support each other but just not in that like romantic way and more of just like I, i i love you as a person i love being your friend and like I still want to be around that person. You breaking up? My own person. I'm breaking up with you right now on the podcast. It's my last episode. From the whole world to hear. Episode 34. Uh, you can write a song about it. <laughs> Already got a beat. It's the one from the beginning of the podcast. It's an ultimate callback. Um, yeah. Well, I, I I appreciate you guys kind of uh, yeah helping me explore that idea because yeah it's something. Um, that I, I've, is there any, is there anything else, Michael, that like, that you can, you can think of that where, I guess, how about the opposite where you thought it was really good and it ended up being bad? Oh, I mean, this is good. pretty trivial, but, uh, the second comedy show I ever got booked on is some person gave me 15 minutes, which I had no business doing. Oh, man. And, uh, I guess I didn't bomb, but it was just like I was uncomfortable up there and like mm-hmm. was yeah. super nervous and didn't really have a good time. Yeah, no, that's that's one of those that seems like a blessing. You're like, oh, awesome, a bunch of stage time. And right now it would be a blessing. You're like, fucking sweet. Oh, yeah. 15 minutes. Awesome. This is sweet. But yeah, when you don't know what you're doing, but it, yeah, it looks like a good thing and kind of. Mm-hmm. OK, what about you, Amanda? Uh-huh. That just reminded me I had like a flashback of this show that it was like a charity event and the people who were like worked for the organization um we're like helping people who needed resources like food and shelter like similar to what michael does and um i had i also was new and it was 15 minutes which i also was not ready for but i felt very excited (laughs) and i was doing this bit that i don't do anymore and it's about like uh like hating your day job like so what about people who love their job i'm like so do you want to kill yourself or like basically just like talking about people who work shitty jobs and get like stuck in it and think they love it but their job is terrible and i said that in front of people who like genuinely love their job and did good things yeah didn't read the fucking room uh it was really awkward so that cringiness lives deep inside me and michael brought it back up (laughs) i was like woof i should not have done 15 and i should have fucking thought about not doing that one fucking joke because it's like people in the service industry i don't know it's supposed to be about like shitty jobs but these are people yeah, like this yeah. was not the place to do that was, yeah. that was like a crusty dive bar material that was not meant for that <laughs> event <laughs> fucking idiot so <laughs> thought it was gonna be great and then i'm just like all right i don't know if i should do this anymore <laughs> well i mean you know it ended up being good because you probably shouldn't have done that joke anymore no and it's supposed yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay, let me think. Um, something that ended up being that I thought was going to be really good and ended up being not. Um, I don't know. I guess like this last week, like I, I was really excited to, to do some shows and stuff, but because I wasn't taking care of myself, I went into that psychosis and it's one of those, like, it's, it's easy to see things as being positive because they appear to be positive, but like, you know, you really, you really can't tell until, you know, you've until you've experienced kind of the breadth of it. Mm -hmm. You might be excited because you're busy, but if you're not taking care of yourself, that is just adding another weight to you. I'm exhausted. I was exhausted before and now I'm fucking, yeah. So yeah, I I guess, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's going to be the name of my comic book. I've already decided. Yeah, maybe, Uh, maybe I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, So, uh, Michael Phelps is going to be drawing it. Um, can you draw? (laughs) 
Yeah, I will. I will illustrate maybe. Yes, <laughs> it will sell Thanks very few copies. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be right back with the smoke break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio and Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at seven p.m. It's Friends of Slop, pop, vaporwave, art rock, yes, indie, rap, punk, Bob James. Hell yes! It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show. With theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're gonna like it where I'm gonna take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. Welcome back to the smoke break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. And we are also broadcasting on Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Gerald Palzang, here with Amanda Lindeal. Hello. And Guest host and comedian Michael Phelps. Hey, hey, I got it. I got it on the third one. Just took a couple tries. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit to you about your work and what you do um, outside of comedy. Yeah. Uh, so I work in homeless services. I supervise an outreach team that goes out into the street, gets like city referrals to connect with people who are okay, what are city referrals uh referrals from just like the city of portland or uh the portland police um <laughs> uh, other just community organizations that are like hey there's this camp that's set up on the sidewalk in this spot and they're okay. gonna get tagged for you know a cleaning or like they are gonna be a sweep, be a sweep. yes we're not mm-hmm. supposed to use those words but Ooh, yes it's a sweep okay, okay. yeah yeah I want to know about the the, the vocabulary. And stuff yeah, like yeah. So like homelessness, houselessness. What's the difference? I mean, that's that's mostly just semantic to. Okay, well, I mean, that's and that's honest. And that's to like make people feel better, I think, about seeing people experiencing homelessness. Uh, sure. But you know, like when there is going to be a sweep of some camp, and the city posts like an illegal campsite warning and says, "Hey, we're going to come," and like you have to move by this time. Then social workers are sent in to, you know, connect with the people who are living there and, you know, help them either make a plan for where they're going to move next or offer the services that we provide. Okay. Okay. So uh, what are some of those services that you provide? Uh, We get people connected with Social Security if they might qualify for, uh, you know, disability income. Um, We help people get IDs and then we also have funding to help get people into housing like because there's a lot of there's a lot of barriers if you're homeless you know like if you don't have if you're moving out of a out of an apartment or a house and going somewhere else you generally expect to get your deposit back sure. which then you can use for the deposit and first but if you don't have that then moving in somewhere costs a lot of money yes uh so we have funding to help with moving costs so covering like application fees deposits uh first and last month's rent and then we have uh funding to you know provide temporary rental assistance so like three to six months we'll be paying people's rent in full um and working with them during that time to connect them with with some kind of income, whether that's disability or giving them like job coaching and uh, sure. employment assistance, uh, and then also you know providing mental health counseling, drug treatment, yeah, yeah, all that, all the the wraparound services that maybe 
folks have heard about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's it's not a lot that I've heard about just because, you know, as, as somebody who lives in Portland and sees homelessness, it's... I, I only know it from my perspective, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, it's not a, a lived experience. It's not a, I don't have a lot of friends that have been homeless or as it's something that we've talked about. So, um, I'm getting to understand what you do and the services that you provide, like that's, that's, I can see how incredibly helpful that is because yeah, like each one of those things are things that you don't think about, you know, it's like, oh, well, what do I do if I need to move into a place? You know, what if I have to move up my entire home, which is a tent and I have to do that overnight and I don't know where I'm going. Right. You know, what if I what if I move into a place that's more dangerous? Am I going to lose sleep if I'm losing sleep? Am I losing sanity? Um, and that's something I want to talk to you a little bit about, too, is just, you know, what's what is the role that you've seen in your experience with uh, mental health and homelessness? Well, I think there's, I mean, there's a good portion of folks outside who have like very diagnosable, like severe mental illness. And that's like the main reason that they're out there and they Mm -hmm. need to be connected with like medication and uh, mental health counseling and case management. Uh, But I think one of the things that's sort of overlooked is just the experience of being homeless is extremely traumatizing and the experience of being homeless also makes it near impossible to do all the things that you need to do to get out of homelessness like get a job because Mm -hmm. hey you can get a job like a job opportunity an interview at like whatever a subway or a starbucks or something but if you don't have access to uh, a place clothes, to do your laundry, yeah, a shower, place to take a shower, yeah, yeah. a place to like, you know, brush your teeth or you don't have enough money to eat that day. So then yeah, you're, you're, you're starving and you're angry. Yeah, you're tired, yeah. angry, you're in tattered clothes. Like yeah. someone's going to some hiring manager is going to look at you and be like, "Ooh, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, well, I yeah. think that that's extremely important to, to speak on as well is where it does kind of become a, a, a vicious cycle where it's like, I can't yeah. I'm becoming I'm homeless because I'm mentally ill and now I'm mentally ill because I'm homeless. Right. And it just... Yeah. Yeah. Cause people like love to say that, like, why don't they just get a job thing and not realizing that it's like incredibly difficult to, you know, get ready to get a job, like, you know, to take care of yourself, to be able to get there and, you know, transportation and all that stuff. Like to even get the job is probably really difficult. I imagine. Yeah. Just yeah. that first step. Yeah. And then to maintain it and like, yeah. Yeah, I made it all the way to that interview one time after I saved up all my money. Now I have to make it there every single day, starting off with no money. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's uh, that. That makes a lot of sense. Um. So what's what has been your experience? I guess with like seeing sort of the rehabilitation of of these people. Like, what's uh, have you seen like a lot of success in it, and it's inspiring? Have you do you still want to see more? Uh, I mean, obviously you want to see more, but Yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of people go from, you know, living in a tent down by the river to then, you know, getting them into a place and getting them connected with mental health counseling, uh, doing some case management, covering the rent for a period of time, helping them get a job, and then they become fully self-sufficient and are like, you know, in a place, paying their own rent. Uh, working a full-time job, uh, taking care of themselves, um, and just having a much higher quality of life than they did when I encountered them just out on the street. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's got to be extremely fulfilling. 
Um, I am, yeah, I'm very grateful for what you do. I guess, uh, one of my questions that I want to ask you is like, what's, what's the thing that you see is, is the, the common factor between some people who are exiting one of like the most difficult parts of their life? Like, what is the, the common thing that you're seeing? Like all these people, they need this, you know, they need hope, they need community, they need, uh, mental health services. They need, you know, what's, what's the thing that's, that you notice with that? Hmm. I think, like, encur- like hope and encouragement goes a long way and helping someone believe that they can get out of the mm-hmm. situation that they're in. Because there's plenty of people that I've encountered who are just like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to, like, get any better. So, you know, I'll just pick up my tent and move somewhere else when I get swept. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to convince people that, like, they're not going to fall through the cracks if they put the work in with like the social worker or the caseworker. Cause mm-hmm. I think there's also like, you know, homeless people can be traumatized by, by slipping through the cracks and then yeah. not trust the support systems that are in place to uh, be a safety net in that yeah. situation. But if you have time and time again, tried to work with some support system and that's let you down, then, you know, the way the brain works is you're going to think, oh, this guy that's talking to me now uh, is going to do the same thing. It's just going to be another social worker who makes promises and doesn't follow through. Yeah, it's hard to accept help when you've been let down a lot. Yeah. Totally. That applies to all aspects of life, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um. No, that's, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of perspective. Cause it's, that's, that's the thing I f- feel like is the most interesting to me is that like, you're helping somebody who like literally like has nothing. Like I have a bunch of stuff and still think I have nothing. This person <laughs> literally has nothing. Mm. It, like everything fits into a shopping cart and it's like the, the will that it takes to get yourself out of that situation you know, and to even, even if you're doing your best, you're still struggling, you know, it's like, oh, now I made it into a house, which I can't afford. And I have to work all my, it's like, that's, you know, that's your at best case scenario, it's still struggling, but you're helping that person get to a place where it's a, it's a struggle that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I'd say like people I think are judgmental of, homeless people and they see their like mm-hmm. little tent and their all the stuff around it and they're like ah oh, they're just taking up so much space with all that stuff and it's like yeah but that's their that's their stuff that's like mm-hmm. all they have yeah. mm-hmm. like if you took you know everything in this room and had to go set up a camp out on the sidewalk it would also be very cluttered because mm-hmm. yeah. but like that stuff still matters to them you because re- it's all they have you yeah. realize that your living room is trashed right now right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I, I feel like that's that's something that we kind of forget is that like that's i don't know there was this one time that like i was i was in like a really bad psychosis and i was walking around downtown and i was like i was just spacing out i was disassociating and there was these homeless people walking up and down the street. And it was like, I was literally looking just right across at them and just being like, man, you and I are not that different. Like mm-hmm. all it takes is one bad day. And I may have just had it, you know, and it's, I guess having that compassion and understanding that like we could all be where somebody else is just given the right amount of circumstances. Oh yeah. I used to make the joke that, you know, <laughs> a lot of people that I work with, uh, 
like the, the social workers yeah. and outreach workers that I work with, hey, we're all just like one bad fight with a roommate <laughs> away from being out there on our on our own, you know? For real no, that's a really good that's a yeah, that's a really good way of putting it is that yeah, like and I don't know, I, I it's it's seeing the effect that like mental health has on on that community because it's it becomes that, you know, if you're already paranoid and so you can't find a place to sleep, so now you're not sleeping. So now you're like, you're just getting more and more hyped up. Like it's, it, it all just sort of feeds into itself. Mm-hmm. And I guess without having people like you, you know, reaching out and being like, Hey, I know that your family's not here for you. I know that your friends are, are pissed because you borrowed a bunch of money. Like, I know that you don't have a lot of people right now, but I'm like that one person that, you know, I want to see you. I want to see you doing better than yesterday. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate uh, what's I guess what would be one thing that you can you can give me or maybe one of our listeners. Uh, what, what can we do to kind of help you do your thing? Um. That's a good question. I guess just, you know, be respectful of people when you see them out on the street. And, you know, they're human beings, too, with, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, parents and siblings and a a story like Mm -hmm. and a life like they didn't just they didn't just manifest on the sidewalk today. Mm -hmm. Like something led them to end up there, which is like usually one of the first questions I ask someone when I'm doing outreach is like, Hey man, so how'd you like, how'd you end up here? Yeah. Cause that can help trace back to like what happened that caused them to become homeless, which is a big key to, you know, trying to find solutions to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people don't have the empathy or compassion and it's easier to not think of them as humans because then you don't feel bad, but to actually see them that way is like, it's hard to look away, you know, when you see them as human beings. Yeah. Absolutely. No, well, thank you. I, I've, I feel like compassion is incredibly important and sometimes it just takes somebody giving you the, the, the right way to frame it. So I, I appreciate you uh, doing everything that yeah. you do and helping uh, everybody understand a little bit better the situation. Oh yeah. Happy to do it. Awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with a smoke break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Radio Radio Seance, where we play some songs and then make some bad jokes. Yeah, it's a sonic journey through the fabric, fabric, fabric of time. Tuesday nights at 8. Shady Pines Radio. With your psychic friends. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. as well as PDX Radio. I'm your host, Joel Paul Zane, here with the mandolin deal. Hello. And Michael Phelps. Yo. So we're going to wrap this up with the joke break. Uh, one of my favorite parts. And uh, this week's question is, mm-hmm. what, what parent were you... Is it a parent? I fucked it up. What, what adult uh-huh. were you closest to in your life? Because it could be, it could also be grandparents. So that's uh, that's why I worded it when I said it to you guys. Okay, it's fine. So <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, Amanda. Okay, uh, mine's my grandpa. Uh, he's very funny, and he's definitely one of those, like, doesn't let things bother him kind of person. Okay. And my grandma was always very serious, um, and he'd always, you know, try and make her laugh and stuff. So he's just, he's just a goofy dude. Um, <laughs> he says just weird shit, like, 
last time I saw him, he's like, oh, I gotta take my pills. I don't want to get pregnant and walked away. You're like, what? Like, he just says shit. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's the best. And like, whenever we go out to eat and it doesn't matter what they ask, like, do you want some more water? Do you want dessert today? He's like, no, thanks. I'm driving. And they'll walk away and be like, what? Like, he just says weird <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. He's funny. He also, like, this joke's for me. Yeah. It can also be for you, but mm-hmm. that's, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those people that like, just makes people laugh and smile and like break out of their daily thing. Like yeah. anyone, anywhere, he can make them laugh without trying. He's not even like he's like i'm gonna make this he just is who he is and he's fucking hilarious um and he yeah he's a goofy dude um and he also has like a rare blood type so he donates blood once a month and he's like yep i bleed once a month like all the women in my life <laughs> just shit like that i don't know he's fucking he's goofy. I, I appreciate that you appreciate that joke because i feel like he's the one person who could say that joke and you'd be like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, he was proud to do it like if i said yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah he's goofy he makes me no, laugh that's, no, he's that's, fun that's cute um yeah. and and did you spend more time with him as opposed to like your your parents or is it when you spent time with him it was more quality time um we got to like hang out with them during the summers and stuff like that and uh yeah I was just like we would always walk around like fix stuff so whenever something was broken he would like wait till I get there like right we gotta fix it and he got me like Mm -hmm. a toolbox so he was like so the things that you did together were very like quality time Mm -hmm. yeah that was like his little sidekick um but yeah and he's never like the only time he raised his voice is my sisters were bullying me and he's like hey be sweet to your sister and they were like eh but like if he was telling you to fucking cut it out you better fucking cut it out because yeah. he mostly just like laughs things yeah. off if your grandma's saying it then you, you probably should but if mm-hmm. yeah, uh, if he's saying it you probably didn't listen yeah. the first time like I remember that. one time we were like driving uh, down the street and there was like these three boys and they were like two of them are bullying this kid and like ripped off his backpack and all this stuff and he just stopped the car and went on them and he was like hey what are you doing and they're like oh we're just and he's like no you're not you're bullying that kid you pick up his backpack put his goddamn books in there you leave him the fuck alone and like they were like eh, and the little kid was like eh, and I was like that dude fucking rules my grandma's awesome yeah yeah because yeah. they tried to be like oh we're just playing he's like no you're not no you're not cut it out that. yeah fuck you yeah. <laughs> he's but, great that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. All right. What about you, Michael? What uh, what parent were you? Uh, what parent? And not parent. Sorry. What adult in your life were you the closest <laughs> with? Uh, shoot. I don't know. I wish it could be my grandparents, but they were all dead. Uh, <laughs> I did meet. I did meet my paternal grandpa once. And the distinct memory I have is that he was walking across the room and farted very audibly and then paused and turned back and looked at all of us and went, oh, my wife used to do that. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. So I can tell you he was a pretty cool dude. Uh, yeah, he, seems, he seems pretty grand. Shout out Bob Phelps. Um, but I don't I, I feel like I was closest with, like, my parents, um, both of them in different ways. Like my dad, uh, you know, was he like coached all the sports that I played. Um, okay. Except for soccer because he didn't have the endurance. Um, <laughs> yeah, he coached my baseball teams and helped coach the basketball teams that I played on. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was cool, and he was super supportive, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, he didn't have an excuse to not make it to the games. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. if he didn't make it, yeah. like yeah. we didn't, we didn't have a fucking <laughs> roster. <laughs> uh, and then you know, on my mom's side, she was more like emotionally supportive mm-hmm. and uh, very much like 
my cheerleader, like, hey, you can do anything, yeah. but whatever you do, I'll still love you. You can be a trash man if you want. And, That's sweet. <laughs> which, honestly, makes good money. So, kind of kind of wish that I'd gone that route. Yeah, yeah I wish I would have been more encouraged to the, to the garbage man. Um, what about you, Zane? Let's see. I was uh, I was always closest with my mom. I had a single mom, so I was always I was always super close with my mom. Um, she's like a lot of the reason why I, I, I guess I do the smoke break is because it was like, I guess me, it's, it's a lot of the reason why I do jokes is just because she was, she was always just such a, uh, she was very depressed, you know, she struggled with mental illness. So it became kind of like my goal where it's like, how do I make this person laugh? You know, mm-hmm. like, and how do I, how do I make them, how do I make somebody who's like really having a bad day, like just be able to kind of take a step back and be like, man, I needed that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was always, I was always super close with my mom. We didn't do a lot. I remember she neglected me for Neopets. Does anybody know what oh, Neopets yeah. is? Oh yeah, Neopets. Neopets. Neopets, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like Pokemon, but it was like in the fucking 2000s. 2000. So it was like a website, a website where you have these little like pets that you have to feed and you yeah. can battle them if oh, you want. Oh, yeah. is that like... It was like a t- Tamagotchi G- kind G- of. G- Gigi- Digimon. Digipets? Digi- 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 Digimon would be one of them. Neopets. Is- <laughs> Digipets is the new one that I'm creating. <laughs> Um, in the metaverse. Uh, but yeah, she, it was, it was just super goofy. She, she <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess the thing that you, you're able to call your favorite I, is the, the memories, right? Mm-hmm. It's the things that you, you did together that were like really memorable. And I guess like her and I played like hella video games together. Like she doesn't play them cause she doesn't have like the coordination, but she'll like watch me play like fucking like Spider-Man or some shit, you know? And it's like, usually video yeah. games can be a very isolating thing. So it's like. The fact that like she's she's disabled and she can't go out and do a lot, so it's like trying to be able to find that thing where you're like, hey, how how can we connect? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the other, the, and then I had a bunch of moms, and they were all mean. They were all like, they were they were. I had lesbian moms that were the equivalent of having men in my life, and I was like, this is why the fuck would I want a dad? This is awful. I have diet dad, and this is, oh my God. <laughs> this is the worst. Oh my God. Diet dad. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, cool. Well, I guess that was that was all I wanted to uh, to pick your brain on. Um, and we still have seven minutes. We still have so. seven minutes. Well, it's a joke break, so well, it's a joke, a joke break. break. Well, ask me a question. <laughs> Fuck, I came up with this one. It fizzled out, but you know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. We're, there's three of us. Okay, what was like a phase you went through? Uh, emo. Mm-hmm. I knew it. He still went through. It's not the word I want to use. Uh, still in. Still in. Lip ring. Still in. Uh, yeah. I skater. I guess. Yeah. Skater. Uh, emo. It's my Chemical Fromance. You guys get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what about you, Mike? Uh, I guess being like sporty. Sporty? No, yeah, yeah you were talking about doing basketball. Yeah, yeah, basketball, baseball, soccer, <laughs> triathlete, you know, no big deal. Olympic swimmer. Yes, right, of course. Yeah. I had to fit swimming in there, too. I really did. It's, you know, work those Nobody's muscles. Nobody's going to talk about it. It's just hanging. It's floating. It's just floating out there. like a gold medal. Oh, boy. Let me go kill someone. Sorry, uh, yeah, I guess like I was sort of sporty and thought that I could fit into that mold of like, you know, a high school 
whatever. Not, I, yeah, but I didn't. I did not fit in with those people whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, just, you just really enjoyed sports. I just liked the sport. Yeah. I was in it for the the love of the sport, yeah. not for the the culture, the, the culture yeah. that I would sit on the bus on the way to baseball games and watch these just fucking gorillas. Yeah. And just be like, you know, pissing so contests and yeah, yeah. and yeah. like, hey, put your dick on his shoulder, and I'm just like, yeah. you guys yeah. are gross. It's like, yeah. why? Yeah, no shit. Who raised you? Yeah. <laughs> For real. Who was your closest parent? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just like, got my headphones <laughs> on, listening to Elliot Smith, just being yeah. like, oh, yeah, existentialism. <laughs> I'm going to write some poetry. And then it's like, well, hey, let's go hit some balls around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, the, what about you, Amanda? What was, what was yours? Um, I was like a grungy kid, I guess. I would like wear band shirts and jeans mm, and nice. had braces and didn't shower and wear a lot of eyeliner. Nice. Um, so I don't know. I liked Nirvana and like Led Zeppelin and The Who and shit like that. I thought it was really cool, but I hated everyone. Me and my best friend were just like dicks to people. They thought it was funny. So that's where we got a lot of our humor was just like being honest and people were like, oh, you're so funny. We're like, fuck you. And they're like, I love you guys. We're like, what? Like, we didn't really have other friends that people thought we were cool and funny for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So or I don't I know. I still think you guys are cool and funny. Oh, yeah. She's great. Shout out to Elizabeth. Yeah. I'll tap her back. I'll yeah. tap her back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, what about this? Uh, what was what was your favorite sport and why? Oh, volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah, and California played like the sand volleyball, uh, and that's awesome because you just dive like, around. Yeah. yeah, but then I moved to Washington and I did like inside volleyball, which I never did before. And the first practice, I didn't have my knee pads, so I dove for the ball. Oh. And then I like stood up, and the other team looked terrified. And the teacher was like, "Are you good?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking fine. Why?" And like my knees were bleeding <laughs> through my like yellow pants, and I was like, "Fucking intimidation factor." <laughs> but now I have creaky knees. I probably really fucked up my knees yeah. by yeah. looking cool or not caring but it really hurt i'm not gonna be uh, you know i'm not not gonna lie about that so i prefer the sand volleyball yes. that's fair people that's thought fair. i'd be good at basketball because i was like tall but i'm also very that. uncoordinated that the worst you, yeah. you must be tall you must people be ask tall. me if yeah <laughs> <laughs> you must be tall hey, you must, must be tall yeah you're so good at basketball you must be tall yeah. <laughs> that's usually the association they make <laughs> <laughs> I hate that when people fucking everyone's when people ask me like oh, are you good at basketball and I just like I give them that fucking look and they like, no because you're tall and mm-hmm. I'm like you know how many fucking times I've heard that yeah right and I know that that's not the reason I'm an Afro what about you tell me yeah of the three of the Dance three <laughs> um probably I'd say baseball to play. Mm-hmm. Basketball is objectively the best sport to watch, yeah. but um, yeah. baseball I really enjoyed because um, it's a, it's you know it's a it's a thinking man's game. There's a lot of strategy. It's not just pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, wow. There's a lot of uh, things that go into it. A lot of moving parts, training, communication, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a head game. One of my favorite yeah. things in baseball was I I just always wanted to get on base because I loved being a base runner. Because mm-hmm. I would just like just play mind games with the pitcher mm-hmm. by like doing leadoffs and faking that I'm gonna steal yeah, a base yeah, or throw over here. This guy's running. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. I, I liked it because I got to fuck with people's heads. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. That's beautiful. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Zane? Uh, let's see. Basketball? I was really good. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Just because you're tall. Just because you're tall. Because you're tall. Because the hair. Harlem fucking Globetrotter. Uh, fucking, what was it? I hated fucking basketball. I hated mm, it because that now. people wanted me to be good. And then when I wasn't, it was even more awkward. Mm. So it was like, like oh, man, it's, it's. You should be good at this. Like, what the yeah, fuck does you that sh- mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's like when I went to that Mormon church and they're like, you people are supposed to be good at singing. And I'm like, damn. Wow. <laughs> This is why that's the art scar. Why I don't sing, and I've been rapping ever since. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe. Um, Maybe. <laughs> uh, football. Football was the thing I probably had the most. Really? Fun. Yeah. I, uh, had, I was a lineman, and that's an offensive. Your skinny ass is a lineman. I know. I know. An offensive lineman. Damn. Yeah. I know. I know. Because that's quick, and uh, I didn't have to catch the ball, and that was really that was really the part that I fucking struggled with. Um, was was being able to catch the ball. All right, well, that has been The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio and PDX Radio. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It has been a blast. Thank you so much, Michael Phelps, uh, for joining us this week. Yeah, come to my band's show, March 26th, Jaja PDX. Beautiful. What are your socials real quick? What are your Instagram? Instagram, at MJ Phelps, at The Quality Band. Beautiful. Later, guys. Thank you. Bye.